Sometimes the situation stays the same, but I have a peace that comes over me. Prayer changes the situation, and sometimes prayer just changes you. But it's when you get his perspective on that situation that you allow it to change you. Can I go to the next one? And hopefully I'm going to come back to this morning, this statement. It says, hallowed be your name. And when we say that to our kids and we say it to each other, when we say, hallowed be your name, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed. What is hallowed? What does that even mean? Hallowed be your name. After this manner, pray, hallowed be your name. What does that mean to say, hallowed be your name? Well, some translations say, holy is your name. Great, that doesn't help me at all. Holy is your name? Holy, hallowed. What is hallowed and holy? But if we go a little bit further, we realize that that means to set his name apart. That means to lift his name up. That means that what I want to do is believe that his name is above every other name that is named. So when I come to him in prayer, I want to lift his name up above every other name. I want his name to take a priority in my life. I want him to take that primary seat in my life. As I'm coming to prayer, God, I want to set your name apart in my life. Can I ask you a question? What name have you got set apart in your life? Whose opinion sits above every other opinion in your life? Whose words sit above everybody else's words in your life? What sits at the top of your life? When I was a kid, I used to really hallow the PlayStation. Okay, that was a lie. I wasn't a kid. But there's been seasons in my life where computer games have been hallowed. I wake up and think about computer games. I go to bed and think about computer games. I'm talking to kids this morning because sometimes we hallow the computer game in our life, don't we? Sometimes we hallow the friend's opinion in our life. His opinion matters more than anybody else's. Sometimes we hallow the teacher's opinion in our life. Sometimes we hallow our parents' opinion in our life. Their opinion means more to me than anybody else's opinion. If you've got teenage kids, there's time as your teenage kids change friendship groups, don't they? And you're talking to them and as they change friendship groups, they begin to slide more with another group than with your opinions, and they begin to hallow their friendship group's opinion more than your opinion, and that can be trend. But the problem is, what we really want to teach them is that we hallow his opinion more than every other opinion. What we really want to teach our kids is that his name sits above every other name. God, I want you to be exalted and lifted high in my life because when I'm lifting you up high, I'm seeing things from a perspective I can't see. I'm seeing things differently and you're doing a work inside me. I'm connecting and communicating with you in such a way that it changes the world in which I live. When we hallow his name, I'm going to come back to that and I'm going to show you some Hebrew truths out of those words because I think it's really cool. You ready? The next one. Who's ever prayed this prayer like this? Can I ask you, who's repeated the prayer over and over and over? And who's ever paused to just begin to pull it apart and to just pray it through, to pray it through and to realize that you're not called to repeat a prayer, you're called to pull it apart and to pray in this manner. It says this next one is, may your kingdom come. May your kingdom come. Come, we are to pray, may your kingdom come. I love the way a preacher said it a little while ago. He said, sometimes for us to pray, may your kingdom come, we have to pray our kingdom go. (laughs) 
So sometimes what we really want is our kingdom to be built and our kingdom to be established. And he says, no, no, no. If you want to pray and connect with your heavenly father in a powerful and profound way, what you actually do is you pray his kingdom come. His kingdom is the one that makes a difference, not your kingdom. So are we praying his kingdom come? Can we go to the next one? It says, may your will be done. May your will be done. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. May your will be done. And when I'm praying, sometimes I'll just be praying, God, let your will be done. Which then causes me to pause and go, God, what is it I want? What is it that I want out of this situation? And sometimes when I'm not getting what I want, I have to start asking God, what is it you want? I've watched friendship groups dissolve. I've watched boyfriends and girlfriends, I'll make it a little closer to home, dissolve. And I've seen the man or the woman at different times come to me and they're like, man, you know, I thought they were the one. I thought that was my girlfriend. I thought that was my boyfriend. I thought that was my best friend. And the friendship, for whatever reason, has dissolved. And they're praying, Lord, just let that be my friend again. Let them come back again. Let them... And I'm saying to them, listen, stop. Just pray, Lord, let your will be done. Sometimes the dissolving of a relationship is actually his will. Sometimes when friends separate, that friend you had that you thought everything was fantastic about isn't as fantastic because he can see from a different perspective. So sometimes when we're asking, God, can you do this? He's actually saying, that's not the best for you right now. Can you pray, my will be done? And can you trust me? Do you trust me this morning? Do you trust that my will is better for you than your will? Do you trust me? So often, church, I've prayed what I want and it doesn't happen and I'm disappointed or I'm discouraged. Sometimes I've even been tempted to go, oh, prayer just, it just doesn't work. Not recently, thankfully. But I felt like that. And sometimes when we actually pull back, it's only in hindsight that we have 2020 vision, isn't it? It's only later on we look back and we go, man, I'm so glad God didn't allow that to happen. And I've shared so many stories around this. I've, I've shared Jamie who, who had a car yard one time and his car yard went under and it was a terrible thing and he lost hundreds of thousands of dollars in a car yard that just went bust and he's wishing I'd come up with an other illustration, but I didn't. And years later, I was, remember walking down Malulabar and I saw this cool car, like this Mercedes-Benz with a car yard name on the side of it and I'm thinking, man, imagine if Jamie's car yard Imagine if Jamie's car yard had just flourished. Imagine if his name had been known as the second-hand car king. And imagine the finances and the money he could have had. And yet it all went under and it went bust. But you know, it's only in hindsight that he sees that that propelled him into chaplaincy and propelled him into pastoral care. And it's from that moment that he was able to influence hundreds and hundreds of children over the last decade or more in the schools. It's over that season that he was able to serve in youth ministry and influence hearts and change lives. Aren't you glad sometimes God doesn't give us what we want? Aren't you glad sometimes that we can pray, Father, not my will, but your will be done. Let your will be done on earth in this situation just as it is in heaven. Last, as we're moving on, it says, give us today our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. Give me my daily bread. 
give me my daily bread. What does it mean? We pray it, don't we? Like, give me my daily bread. What does it mean when we say, God, give me my daily bread? And as I think about it and I was praying about it and just pondering and I think, man, you know, I don't know about you, but I have appetites. I get hungry sometimes. And bread satisfies my appetites. Bread fulfills my hunger. But what about the hungers that we have that bread alone doesn't fulfill? When he's saying bread, he's not talking, God, could you give me a piece of bread, is he? Well, we understand that he's talking metaphorically. He's not literally, when God, give me today my daily bread. Oh, thank you so much. That's awesome. I got a sandwich, you know. It's so much deeper than give me my daily bread. And we could unpack how Jesus is the bread and we could talk about that. But I want to say to you, bread at its base rate just satisfies a hunger inside you. And so when you're praying that, it's really good to go, God, what is it I'm really hungry for? God, what is the appetite in me? Because as long as we are on earth, we will have appetites that are unfulfilled outside of Christ. Some of us have an appetite to be loved. Some of us have an appetite to be valued. Some of us have an appetite to be appreciated. I just wish my husband or my wife or my friendship circle would appreciate me. And I want to show off and I want to do cool stuff so that they can think I'm cool because I have an appetite to be appreciated or I have an appetite to be somebody special or significant. But what if we came to God and we said, God, I'm so hungry for people's love. God, I'm so hungry for their appreciation. God, I so need them to value me and validate me. But God, you said that you would give me my daily bread. You said you would satisfy the deepest longing and hunger in my heart. God, God, give me my daily bread. God, let me get in touch with what's going on inside me. Would you please give me my daily bread? For some of you, that daily bread could be finances. God, would you provide my finances for this day? God, would you meet the need this day? For some of you, it might literally be food. God, would you provide the food? I heard of a minister who was starting Teen Challenge down in Tasmania, and he said, Phil, you know, when we were first kicking that off, we just had no money. The sponsorship hadn't turned up. We had no money, and so we were literally sitting there with our family, and we're wondering where we're going to to get food to eat. And so we said, God, you said you would provide for our needs and you would give us our daily bread. And they went away, they came back and there was a shopping cart full of food sitting out the front of their caravan. It's the simple things when we begin to trust him that change, when we begin to communicate and connect with him that change, when we begin to go, God, would you give me my daily bread? Would you satisfy the hunger in my heart? He goes on, he says... Forgive us our sins. Forgive us our sins. You know, in your prayer, there must be a point and a place in your prayers where you say, God, I've done the wrong thing. Father, I've sinned against you. I've sinned against my family. I've sinned against my work colleagues. Whatever it might be, Father, would you forgive me? All of us need forgiveness. And do you know the Bible promises that when you ask for forgiveness, he forgives in fact, he casts your sin as far as the east is from the west. He throws it into a sea of forgetfulness. He doesn't remember it anymore. He doesn't bring it up to you again and again and again. When you go to God and ask for forgiveness, he washes it clean. But he gives you this proviso. He says, hey, not only do I want to forgive you, but I want you to forgive others. 
So when you're praying, and I've done this, literally walking down the beach and gone, Father, would you forgive my sins? And when I start, I'm there for a while because I've got quite a few things that he brings to my mind. So I'm like, Lord, just forgive my bad language, forgive my bad thoughts, forgive the way I've spoken about so-and-so. And it goes on and on. I'm not telling you everything. But then the other part of this comes into play where you go, God, have I forgiven people? God, who's hurt me? God, what hurts? What bitterness am I holding on to? Father, would you let me forgive Alex? Father, I'm just saying, Alex. He looked like he was falling asleep. I thought I'd name him. (laughs) Who is it you need to forgive? I I try to make you smile, and then I give you that little jab. But when you're praying, it's not enough, you know, Father, forgive me of my sins as I forgive those who sin against me. Amen, moving on. No. Who do you need to forgive? What hurts are you still hanging on to? What hurts are hindering your communication connection with your Heavenly Father? What bitterness is hindering your connection and communication with your Heavenly Father? And so Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, listen, as you're going through this world, you're definitely going to be hurt and offended by different people. So not only do you need forgiveness, but you need to offer forgiveness. You need to release them, otherwise that will become the platform for your tomorrows. So just let it go. Father, forgive my sins as we forgive those who sin against me. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I don't think God leads me into temptation, but sometimes I'm led into temptation. Sometimes the lust of my flesh leads me into temptation. Sometimes the lust of my eyes and I see something that leads me into temptation. And what a great point to pray, God, would you protect me? Because when I see this, when this turns up on my screen, Father, I'm tempted to keep scrolling. Would you forgive me? Father, would you forgive me? Would you lead me not into temptation? Would you lead me out of temptation? Father, would you help me in this area? to lead me out of temptation and deliver me from all evil. And he finishes, he says, for yours is the kingdom, the power, the glory now and forever. Amen. Yours is the kingdom, now and forever. Amen. Church, I want to talk to you this morning and say, guys, I don't want to just repeat a prayer by repetition as though somehow he's pleased. It's not the words you say. It's not even how you say it. It's the honesty in your heart. It's when you slow down and search yourself and after this manner, you connect and you commune and you develop a conversation with your heavenly father. It's in this place that he moves. Can I give you this really quickly? I'm finished. Thank you, team, for coming up. But I really wanted to just share this for a little bit of depth for you. The Jewish tradition and concept of hallowing God's name, the word is kiddush. I shared this briefly with Clinton yesterday at the men's group. The word is Kadash. To hallow God's name is Kadash. It's made up of four letters, Kaf, Dalet, Vav, and Shin. And I'm just going to briefly finish this because it really excited me when I read it through. Kaf, Dalet, Vav, and Shin. Spell the word hallow be your name. Holy is your name. So let me give them to you really quickly. Kaf, you ready? Is shaped like a door. The letter is shaped like a door. Dalet is an entrance of a door. Vav is a connection of two different 
concepts or thoughts. And Shin is the divine presence and glory of God. So when he says, Kalat, Dalet, Vav, and Shin, he's saying, listen, are you ready for this? He says, when you hallow his name, you create a doorway and an entrance. And the connection, you create the doorway and the entrance of the divine presence of God into your life. When we communicate with God, when we lift His name above every other name, we create a connection for the divine presence of God to come in and to change the world in which we live or to change ourselves. When we communicate with God, we create, we open a doorway. When we hallow His name, we open a doorway that brings the presence of the divine Creator into our hearts and into our lives. So with that in mind, I want to just ask every eye closed and every head bowed for a moment. When was the last time you hallowed his name? When was the last time you allowed his presence into your heart and into your life? God, I want you to be in my heart and in my life. I want your presence to be in my heart and in my life. I want you to change me and the world in which I live. Father, would you settle in my life as I hallow your name, as I communicate with you, as I honour you, as I spend time with you, would you change me and change the world in which I live? In the precious name of Jesus Christ and all the saints said, Amen. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We hope you enjoyed the service. We are praying for you and we will see you next week.